It's time we hop back into the conversation of who the greatest of all time per era series gets back. This time, wide receivers of the 2010s. Who topped the list? You're going to find that out right now on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked on Sundals podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sundals football, basketball, baseball, and otherwise content in the whole wide world. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sundals your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms such as Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to see this podcast in a visual format, you can check us out on YouTube as well. Be sure wherever you get your podcast to subscribe, like, follow, share, five-star, rate, comment, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow me at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Guys, we had a series. We've been going through the best positions, era by era by era, starting with the 2010s, going to the 2000s, and then the pre-2000s. We've done quarterbacks. We've done running backs. Took a week off last week because he had lots of busy news that was sidetracking from the series. We're back now. We're back on this series. We're going wide receiver. This is the position I've looked forward to the most out of any other position. I feel like this has got to be the most exciting and debatable conversation that we're going to have. And the reason why I say that over like quarterback and running back is because There are so many good options for Arizona State receivers. And I'm not just talking about college success. We've had some guys with NFL success. You've had the Charlie Taylors and the John Jeffersons of the world, as well as the college stars like the Derek Hagans and the Nikhil Harrys of the world. There's been all sorts of unbelievably talented Arizona State wide receivers in the entire history of the team's organization. So it, it's been a position I've been looking forward to since I decided to start this series. And I'm, I'm so, so excited. I can't, I can't stress that enough. We're going to go ahead, hop right into this bad boy now, not wasting any more of our time. We're going to start with honorable mentions. I have five. This is for the 2010s alone. I have five honorable mentions. These are, these are all guys I had a really tough time leaving out, but ultimately the five ahead of them, I feel pretty confident with. We'll start with, DJ Foster and Foster is a weird spot for me because he really only played one year as a wide receiver. The other three years he was a running back, which is why on my greatest running backs, I included him there. I'm not including him here only because he had one year as a wide receiver. If he had more, he would be darn near the top of this list because he ends his career seventh all time in receiving yards with just shy of 2,500 and second in receptions at 222. The dude put up massive numbers as a running back at the wide receiver spot and had 11.1 career yards uh, yards per reception. So that's pretty dang good for a guy who really only spent one year out wide, the other three years in the backfield. So DJ Foster, honorable mention for me, if he had played even just two years at receiver, he would have easily made my top five and would have made a case for a top three spot legitimately. 
I also have Devin Lucian. Lucian only played one year at Arizona State. He was a transfer from UCLA in the 2015 season, which was a very weird year for Arizona State. If you look at that year, there's a lot of fun names on there. Uh, one of the guys I'm not going to spoil yet because he did make it into my top five, but Devin Lucian, DJ Foster were the primary receiving options for the Arizona State Sun Devils that year, while Kalen Balaj and Demario Richard were powering a backfield. That was quarterbacked by Mike Bercovici. 2015 was like low-key, a really fun offensive year for the Arizona State Sun Devils. I also have Richard Ross on here. Ross was never like this dynamic receiver. He only had two years at Arizona State. He had less than 900 receiving yards. However, what he makes my list for is his kick return ability. He had 779 kick returns, a 27.8 average, plus two touchdowns. Richard Ross was an absolute blur when it came to kick returns. Total difference maker. He, he was that X factor that Arizona State hasn't had in quite a while. They've seen some glimpses of guys over the years, but Richard Ross was one of the guys that we really looked up to when it came to returning kicks. I'm going to mention Darrell Robinson here. Robinson is in a weird spot because he played 2000, 2008, 2009, and then 2011, or, and uh, 2010, 2011. So half and half on where he was going to get ranked. Ultimately, I am including him in the 2010s over the 2000s because he didn't do much until his senior year, and he absolutely exploded his senior year. Had 77 catches, 1,397 yards, seven touchdowns. I believe that is like fifth or sixth most all-time in a single season for Arizona State. Just shy of 1,400 yards. Him and Taylor Kelly making sweet sweet music together and then rounding out my honorable mentions uh it just anyone who knows me knows that i'm not the biggest fan of this guy however he did do some really good things for arizona state he was an absolutely terrific deep threat when he was catching the football it's frank darby frank darby honestly narrowly missing my top five he was really really close i'll, I'll be totally honest it was a lot closer than i anticipated it being because I'm just not the biggest Frank Darby fan in the world. Uh, hashtag sorry, not sorry. But Darby was still an outstanding deep threat. 19.7 career yards per reception. Going into his senior season, he actually was placed on the Bolitnikoff Award watch, it, watch list. But unfortunately, his senior season was 2020, which was four games for Arizona State. And he only played in two games. He ended up having way less than his 19.7 yards per catch. If my memory serves, it was under 10 yards of reception. And he just ultimately faltered. He wasn't able to build off of anything. And instead of coming back for uh, his uh, fifth year at Arizona State, which honestly I feel like he should have done, but that's my opinion and not and obviously not the one that mattered to Frank Darby. He did get drafted, and he is in the NFL, so props to him. But he ultimately decided just to let bygones be bygones. He left, he left Arizona State with 1,317 yards on just 67 catches. He managed to do that over his four years at Arizona State. Although you can take away like a small handful of catches and a small handful of yards from his 2020 season. Now we're going to hop into my top five officially. Starting off at number five is Kyle Williams. Arizona State has had a lot of different Kyle Williams come through that program, including the five foot seven little little freak that was in the 2000s who 
will probably be making an appearance on my list tomorrow, but please stand by. I am talking about Kyle Williams of 2016 to 2019, 5'10", 192 pound Kyle Williams. Now, Williams was one of those guys who really just flew under the radar. He was never anything super flashy to the point where you kind of looked at him and you were like, oh, geez, we should we should really pay attention to this kid. This kid's kind of really, really good. He did have one really solid season in 2017. This was this was the peak of the Manny Wilkins era for Arizona State. He managed 66 catches, 763 yards, and seven touchdowns. He also touched the ball 10 times in the backfield for 86 more yards, giving him a grand total of 849 scrimmage yards and the aforementioned seven touchdowns. Williams was just a very consistent option for Arizona State. He was steady. He was never going to blow you away, but he was one of those guys who just seemed very, very reliable from the get-go. And he played really, really good second fiddle to some guys who did make this list, like Nikhil Harry and like Brandon Ayuk. He played a very, very good role for Arizona State with those guys ahead of him. He was a very good number two receiver. At times, he was a very good number three receiver. You look at the 2018 season where he was behind Nikhil Harry and Brandon Ayuk, and even Frank Darby might have been ahead of him. So Kyle Williams, first of all, never complained. Played all four years at Arizona State. Once he uh, once he got into his sophomore year, never missed a game, 13 games, three straight seasons. Never complained, played his role, did his job, hard hat and helmet kind of guy, and just found a way to produce even in not as big a role. Kyle Williams, I, I feel like a very underappreciated wide receiver for Arizona State. I feel like a lot of people, when you say Kyle Williams, don't even think of this Kyle Williams. Like, and it just, it's saddening to me because Kyle Williams is such a quality receiver and he was just so quietly good for Arizona State that he doesn't get nearly enough recognition for the work he did, but I'm going to give it to him here. I'm having Kyle Williams check in at number five on my list. Believe it or not, we've already touched on six receivers. There's still four more to go in my top five alone, but that's going to wrap up this first segment of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. When we return for the next segment, we're going to go ahead and continue our conversation, this time going to wide receivers four and wide receivers three. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. BetOnline.net remains your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from online from online live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And again, we thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Levels podcast your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms. Let's go ahead, not waste any more time. We're going to hop right back into this next segment, although I do need to tell you guys that the Locked On NFL Draft coverage and Odyssey NFL Mock Draft Special are coming. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune in to the Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. 
And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's, Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Specials hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL shows all week leading up to the first pick. Check it out on Locked On NFL Draft Live and Odyssey NFL Mock Draft. Remember, this will be on April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern, April 29th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, and April 30th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you guys check that out. I know I will be for sure. Let's get back into this conversation. Going from number five to number four, Tim White. Remember, there was a guy I mentioned earlier who I felt, I, I not I felt, but he, he was a really, really fun and integral part of that 2015 Arizona State Sun Devils offense. He was probably like, I, I would argue maybe the number one receiver, even though he he did not produce like the number one receiver. If my memory serves, he was actually third on the team in receiving yards that year. But Tim White was a very, very useful and talented chess piece for Arizona State. What really made him stand out was his return ability. Tim White managed 1,681 kick return yards plus a touchdown. He also had 308 punt return yards and another touchdown as well. For his averages, he averaged 24.4 yards per return as a kick man and 11.4 as a punt return man. So very, very, very good returner, especially for, again, you talk about Arizona State having so many issues with the return game and not really having a de facto guy that they can rely on in, in the last like five years or so. Tim White was probably the last guy who was super reliable, unless you want to include a Brandon Ayuk, who we'll get to momentarily. But as far as like pure return specialists go, Tim White was that guy, pal. Trust me, he was that guy. But he was also a very good receiver. He managed over 1,300 yards. He grabbed 10 touchdowns, including eight in that 2015 year. He also had over 700 scrimmage yards in each of those three seasons and managed over 1,400, excuse me, over 1,600 all-purpose yards in both his seasons. He was a transfer. He only played two years at Arizona State as junior and season, junior and senior years, playing 12 games in each of those seasons. But a reliable guy, a solid guy, and deceptively explosive. 12 career touchdowns, two seasons. I, I feel like he doesn't get the attention that he deserves for what it's worth. If you are calculating this into your opinions, Tim white did have a little stretch in the NFL. And funny enough, he was with my Baltimore Ravens for a little bit. I was very big on him for more reasons than one, but unfortunately it didn't really last. He, he did have a very short stint in the NFL stuck with a couple of teams before ultimately just not making it. But at Arizona state criminally underrated. I feel like he was, he was one of those guys who, similar to what I mentioned with Kyle Williams, like he just did his job so well and didn't get the appreciation for it. And in the 2015 year where there were a lot of changes, you had DJ Foster move to receiver. You had Devin Lucian come into the program and then Tim White transferred as well and really stepped up his game. He made life a lot easier for Mike Bergovici as he tried to translate from a backup into the full-time starter for Arizona State. Tim White coming in number four for me. Number three now, and this is where the magic happens. From here on out, the top three guys I have 
outstanding. Like, I guarantee you all three of them are going to wind up in my overall top 10 with the potential, seriously, for all three to make it in the top five. I feel very confident that my top two will be top five. I am 100% guaranteeing that all three of these guys will make the top 10. But starting with the number three guy, Brandon Ayuk. Now, Ayuk comes in at number three for me because he only had two seasons with the team and only 1,000-yard year. But that 1,000-yard year, was that special? 65 catches, 1,192 yards for a whopping 18.3 yards per catch, scored eight touchdowns. He was unbelievable. This was Jaden Daniels' first year, by the way. This is when me and Connor were on the pod earlier in the season, in the 2021 season, we were talking about how Jaden is really good at taking the top off of defense two or three times a game. This is where it started. It started because of Brandon Ayuk and everything that he was able to do in terms of stretching the field. But he was a lot more than just a field stretcher. He was also a very, very good overall route runner. He was very crafty, someone that you can get the ball in his hands in more ways than one. Now, it is weird that he only had one career carry that went for six yards in that 2019 year because he really had a lot of talent, speed, and athleticism to justify getting him the ball in several different ways and make him almost like a gimmicky kind of guy. Never passed the ball either. I feel like they really kind of botched their their ability to get the most out of him. However, he was a very valuable return man. He had 785 return yards. He did average 27.1 yards per return. He also had 293 punt return yards, 11.7 a pop, including a touchdown. So when the ball was in Ayuk's hands, he was going to find a way to produce, and he was going to find a way to be flashy. If there was a guy for Arizona State who was just like, if, if you took a list of the Arizona State wide receivers from the 2010s, and he told me to, to make a list from 1 to 10 of the most explosive guys, Ayuk would be number one. Because the way that Ayuk played the game and the position was insane. He, he is one of the most gifted athletes and perhaps the best deep threat that Arizona State has seen at the wide receiver spot. He truly would rival, for me at least, like a John Jefferson. I think he was that good of a deep threat. It's just unfortunate that you really only got two years out of him. Another staple for Arizona State, he was a transfer. So he only had the two seasons. Uh, first year in 2018, he had 474 yards and only three touchdowns. So there was the potential, though. You remember when you were watching him in 2018, you were like, we're gonna, we got to keep an eye on this kid. He could, be, he could be something special. We should really be paying attention to him. Turns out we were right because 2019 comes around and he blows up. Brandon Ayuk coming in at number three for me. And now as we continue, we are going to go to our number two guy, starting with Jalen Strong. Now, this was a very, very tough decision for me. Anybody who knows anything about me knows that Jalen Strong is my all-time favorite Arizona State Sun Devil that I got to watch. He was just so crazy good. The man was, when you talk about guys who play above the rim, that was Jalen. 
that dude, you put the ball anywhere in his vicinity and he was going to find a way to pull it down. It, it was truly something to behold. He is forever famous for the back shoulder fade. That was the route. I remember I was in attendance for the ASU Wisconsin game where the very controversial ending where Wisconsin set the ball on the ground instead of properly spiking it. And we fell on top of it as a fumble recovery during that game on what ended up the, being the game winning drive for the team. I think they went to Jalen two or three times at least on crucial first down conversions. And it was that back shoulder fade every single time. And he got it every single time. That ball, first of all, the way Taylor Kelly was able to get the ball over to Jalen, chef's kiss. Another reason why I think Taylor Kelly is criminally underrated. Neither here nor there. Jalen was such a good receiver. Criminally overlooked when you talk about all-time Arizona State Sun Devils. He will, I guarantee you, be in my top five. 100%, absolutely no debate about it. Spoiler alert. But... He he adapted so quickly again. And when we talk about Arizona State transfers, Jalen Strong should be the poster boy for that. Transferring out of, I believe, Philadelphia, somewhere in Philadelphia, not like Philadelphia University, but he came somewhere from the Philly area. Comes to Arizona State, immediately contributes. 75 catches, 1,122 yards, and seven touchdowns. Goes on 2014 season, makes his numbers even better. Goes up to 82 catches, 1,165 yards, 10 touchdowns. And he just got progressively better and better. The one thing that stopped him in the pros was his inability to separate. But in college, it didn't matter. Jalen was a solid route runner. He was never one of those Amari Cooper kind of guys who would leave you in the dust. But instead, he was going to out-physical you. He was just, he was smarter, bigger, stronger and had that my ball mentality when the 50-50 opportunity was in front of him. Jalen was coming down with it 9 out of 10 times, and you felt very confident that he was going to absolutely dominate whenever the ball was in his area. It just And there's countless amounts of highlights I can think of. The first one that always comes to mind for me, though, is against Notre Dame in Tempe. We upset them that year. They were ranked top 10, I believe, and... Kelly throws this ball to the outside hash and the the way it's in the end zone, by the way, throws it to the, to the outside of the end zone. And I don't know how, but Jalen just, it, it, it was like time slowed down and he extends his hand out and he grabs the ball, is able to bounce it into him. Bam, two feet down. It was insane. That is easily the play that I go to when I think about Jalen strong and his career at Arizona state. It just, I, I can't gush about this guy the most. Strizzy, as he calls himself on on uh, Twitter, was truly a spectacle to behold. It's just this it, the way the way you want to teach the position in terms of physicality. That's Jalen Strong. Maybe this is high praise. Not maybe this is high praise. When it came to those fifty fifty balls, he had a Des Bryant mentality. He was a dog. You were not going to stop Jalen. He was meaner than you, and he was stronger than you. Hashtag too strong. And of course, with Jalen Strong, you have the Jail Mary. 
anyone who doesn't know what the jail Mary is, I, I you just got to look it up. I'm not, I'm not going into detail with it. My play that comes to mind is definitely that Notre Dame play. However, Jalen Strong will forever be in Arizona State Sun Devil lore because of the Jail Mary, which I have right behind me there. So Jalen Strong, super, super strong, pun intended. Number two option for me. Honestly, he might be the 1B to my 1A. That 1A, of course, being Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry just edges out Jalen Strong from my number one spot here. And the ultimate deciding factor was Nikhil had three years of body of work compared to Jalen's two years. Now, both of them only had 2,000-yard seasons. However, Nikhil showed showed off his explosive big play ability as a freshman and only got better with each season to follow. Freshman year, 58 catches, 659 yards, five touchdowns. However, he was so crafty. He had three carries for 69 yards and two touchdowns. He also managed to throw a pass for 46 yards for what's that for what that's worth. But what what Nikhil Harry did as a freshman was everything that we hoped for. He was a highly touted four-star recruit coming out of Chandler, I believe, something like that. He was a Valley kid. So it was funny that we were actually recruiting guys that play in our backyard. Definitely not something we're used to seeing. Nonetheless, we saw Nikhil pay his dividends immediately. He was a stud. He was a monster. Creative. Sneaky athletic. I feel like a lot of people look at Nikhil and how big he is because he is like that big 6'3", 6'4", receiver. And he's not light either. He is in the mid uh, 210s, 220 pounds. But he moves and he's fluid and he's smooth. He's got the game speed. He's not a track star. But when the ball's in his hands, it just it, it felt like anything was possible. Freshman year, I remember there was a play, I believe this was against Utah, where he just completely reverses the field in the backfield and ends up in the end zone somehow, some way it was, it was insane. Truly just one of those things where you're sitting there and you're like, Oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're pulling your hair. And then he keeps making a plan. You're like, Oh, go, 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 go. And you're screaming and you're excited and you're just sitting there and you're like, how does he do this? And then he just gets better. Sophomore year, 82 catches, 1142 yards, eight touchdowns, uh, receptions and receiving yards. Both ended up being career highs. Also turned in 13 carries for 65 yards. For what it's worth, he he also fielded five punts only for 13 yards, though, and did throw a touchdown. So sophomore year, found a way to score nine touchdowns altogether. He had seven as a freshman, remember, because he did have those, he did have those two rushing as well as the five receiving. But on to that sophomore year, truly took took a massive step forward. Went from a, this guy's really, really talented, to a, holy cow, this guy is the real deal. Nikhil looked like he was on pace to become one of the greatest receivers Arizona State has ever had. What does he do? He does just that. Junior year, 73 catches, 1,088 yards, nine touchdowns. Adds another score on the ground. Has a punt return touchdown. 11 touchdowns. He ends his career. 27 total touchdowns, 25 scrimmage, one punt return, one passing. So he scored a touchdown in four different ways for Arizona State. 
25 or excuse me, 22 receiving touchdowns would put him tied for fifth all time for Arizona State. He it, and it, it's just <laughs> he he did so much for you in so many different ways. And Arizona State found a way to continue getting creative with him year after year after year and turned him into this ultimate offensive weapon where he was on the field and you had no idea what was going to happen, but he was going to get the ball. And the crazy part, his junior year, he must have watched some some, uh, Jalen Strong tape because he became a back shoulder fade dude. He had that my ball mentality. He had that 50-50 this is mine. You're not, you're not even going to compete with me. Don't even try. Sit down, young boy. That was Nikhil Harry in his final season with Arizona State. Goodness gracious, that guy was just on a whole other planet when it came to his ability to just, just dominate the field. Wherever he was, you knew that the ball was somehow, some way going to end up in his hands. You still couldn't stop him. No matter what you tried to do, no matter what your game plan was, Nikhil Harry was going to beat you every single time. Nikhil Harry coming in at number one on my list. And that's going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sunnables podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including but not being limited to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, and Spotify. If you'd like to check us out in a visual platform as well, you can go to YouTube, Follow, like, subscribe, share, five-star, comment, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitter, follow me at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. And again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Go ahead, do me a favor, make your second listen, the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It is free and available on all platforms just like the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. And until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.